I'm Mark. And I'm Mark, and this is the Mark and Mark podcast. Today we have a, a special guest, a, a friend that we've known for roughly 10 years. Um, <laughs> hello? <laughs> Give it up for our special guest. Uh, he goes hey, by the name of... Kyle. Ah. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, yeah, that's Kyle. Um, why don't you uh, talk about yourself a little bit and like get let people get to know you a little bit more? Um, I I don't know what to say. Shit. Um, I'm really big into movies and music and um, art as well. Uh, I like playing video games and. Mm. I'm into a lot of stuff, yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to say about myself. I, um, I can, I can, I make music, and uh, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that, about where your music taste came from, and what inspired you to get into music making? Or, or a little bit before that, how about like, how do you know us? <laughs> uh, you see, I met uh, Mark V. Me. Um. Yeah, I met. I met him in an orchestra class in, I want to say, seventh grade. That sounds about so. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we know. didn't really know each other at the time. But no, I think, oh, I'm sorry. I, I think I first, first met you that one time in PE, like, right in seventh grade? Like, roll call? That sounds about right. Yeah. And I, I recognized like, you were in my uh, orchestra class, yeah, too. There you go. Yeah. So um, we happen to both be violists, like, you know, like not quite a cello, not quite a violin. So uh, we were in between and we just happened to work together all the time. And eventually we just became like friends and just hung out like through eighth grade. And then like we would see each other around in high school. And high school is actually where I met the other Mark, uh, Mark Morales. That's me. Whoa, whoa. And um, I think we were just acquaintances at first because like, I, we would hang out in the same uh, friend group. Yeah, I think it was our friend group that we met. But then I don't think it wasn't until Filipino class we actually we were actually talking to each other uh, out of school instead of just in our little friend group, you know? Yeah, you see, we uh, joined uh, a Filipino class in, I, I believe, sophomore year, was it? I think I think sophomore year, yeah. Yeah, and uh, God knows we did not take that class seriously. I mean, <laughs> no, no. I know, I know for a fact that you took it more seriously than I did because you would get upset every time I would like mess around on group projects. Because I, I was that type of kid that didn't want to get in trouble with any type of teacher. You know, I didn't want to be in their race. I know, I know. <clears throat> but, yes. like. I know you couldn't help but just make fun of everything in the class, and I I couldn't help but just laugh at everything that you were doing. <laughs> because um, it, it, I don't know. It became clear to me that like the the teach I wanted to say professor, the teacher at the uh -huh. time didn't really have control in the class. No, not to say that I would abuse that, but like I couldn't really take it seriously. Hey man, I think everybody took advantage of how the teacher was running that class, and no one took it seriously. Yeah, poor woman. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um. And after that, we all just hung out in the same friend group. Uh, and I just, I guess we've been talking to each other consistently throughout like 10, 10 years now. That's crazy. What the hell? 
Uh, do you want to talk about your music making? What inspired you? What are your influences? Uh, I mean, do you want me to like just just a little bit, like something interesting? I, I find it fascinating about how you were inspired by so many different genres of music, and you decided to create your own uh, <clears throat> your own musical brand and yeah, with your own group. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll do like a quick like one to ten like type thing um mm -hmm. so i believe it or okay so I, I make music i make rap music i make like uh hip-hop whatever but like i don't like putting myself in that box shout out roddy rich i don't like putting <laughs> myself in that box because you know like you stereotypically think chains drugs and you know women like no like but i don't necessarily want to label myself as like oh eminem logic uh, <laughs> lyrical Ooh, miracle logic? spiritual <laughs> uh you know you know uh bald man yeah oh uh -huh, yeah, yeah yeah so what's what's weird is since i'm like so big into like rap and like other genres like i actually started uh being really into like heavy metal and uh like very edgy shit <laughs> hey man i started out the same way too when i was yeah, young I, yeah. I listened to that heavy metal stuff too i'm, I'm pretty sure you guys can relate like mm -hmm. this was like sixth grade seventh grade me like events mcr all the way kyle mcr all the way yeah <laughs> metallica what have you um and then uh like i i didn't really care about music at the time and then i decided to like listen to a little bit of hip-hop and i thought it was ridiculous like what the hell are they talking about Oh, who, aha, uh -huh, a rip, rap, rap, you know, like, <laughs> it wasn't a good introduction. But still, I heard uh, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange, and, like, that totally changed my perspective, not only in, like, just music, but I mean, like, a lot of genres in general, because, like, he's not necessarily one, one thing. So I figured, why not apply that mentality to, you know, the way you live? You know, you can't just be one thing, you know, you can't uh -huh. be what people want to perceive you as. So I fast forward, I, I'm like listening to like whatever I like now and just I make music and I try to make music with like a message of like me, my honest self. I don't like to lie that I have guns. I don't like to lie. Well, I don't know. I, I don't like to lie that uh, about certain undesirable things, you know, or desirable things. But I, I kind of, uh, I want to get it out there that self-expression is like a big deal and like not enough people like do that. Maybe you feel, even yeah. if you're weird. Yeah. Just embrace <clears throat> your weirdness. That's really it. So that's, that's basically me and my music. Like, uh, people who influenced me was like, well, I said Frank Ocean, uh, Blood Orange. You should give them a listen, whoever's listening, actually. I highly recommend it. And ever since I saw that video of Tyler, the creator, eating a cockroach, <laughs> I haven't been the same since. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I don't, actually. What? No. No, I don't. Well, well whatever. You, you'll know when you see it, but <laughs> I mean... That's really all I have to say for music. I, I know how to play like guitar and like several other instruments and I can sing and rap, but that's really it. Well, thank you for sharing for, about that anyways.
I just find your your musical journey inspiring, and I I I'm a very big supporter of you, and I I I love what you and you your group does. Oh yeah, I met up with a group. Uh, okay, I add some context. I met up with a group of other musicians who think uh, very like minded, and uh, you know I really appreciate having met them, and uh, I only believe in growth with that. So yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing, Kyle. Uh, Speaking of uh, tastes, um, let's get into our TV show lists, our rewatchable TV show lists. Oh, that's a mm. good segue. Okay. Um, how how many how many shows do you each have? I have six, so I think mine might be the shortest list. I think I have about. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have about eight. Yeah, I have seven, but one honorable mention. <laughs> so, um, should we start with the the longer list? Like, we can start with Kyle's list, and then when we get to six, we could start off all synchronized together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to mention your honorable mention first, Mark, or if anybody else has honorable mentions? Um, my honorable mention is uh, "It's Always Sunny" or Seinfeld. <laughs> um S- Seinfeld because they take like these mundane everyday conflicts and they make it um like blown over the top, right? There's like you could you could relate as opposed to like um friends, I would say. I feel like fr- this will be show or like my uh taste but i think friends is one more overrated shows overrated you said i believe so oh interesting it's, it's entertaining <coughs> it's entertaining but i don't think it's like one of the best shows of all time uh-huh you know what i'm gonna have to agree with you on that one and um, oh i i here's my opinion on friends i think uh, I'm not sure overrated, but definitely overplayed because I think a lot of just it's it's accessible to anyone on TV or streaming, and it's always like on the front pages, you know, and like or like the front screen of when you're on your streaming service or whatever. And I think that way it just gets a lot more attention than other TV shows. I don't know. I think that's just me. So that maybe it's a little bit overplayed in my opinion. You know what? I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. Yeah. And uh, it's always sunny as well be- because it's pretty much Seinfeld on like crack. It's almost like a parody <laughs> of uh, Seinfeld at some point. Like they even did like a Seinfeld parody episode, so they're aware of what they are. You know now, what? <clears throat> I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> I haven't watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The only thing I know about it is that one. That one scene where Danny DeVito climbs out of a couch, <laughs> and he's all oily, and, and the only thing I know about it was there was a reference to to Logan, where he was climbing out of a couch with Wolverine claws, and that's like the only thing I know about that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, to add a little bit of context to that scene, it's kind of relevant today. I think they were um, like he was covered in hand sanitizer. Oh, or it might be it might be a whole different episode, but there's a whole episode where he's crawling around 
in hand sanitizer because they were quarantined, which is you know what. Go go ahead. That that kind of I'm oh, sorry. That that kind of reminds me of when Neo uh, was waking up or woken up from the fir- for the first time, and he was covered in all that ooze. Oh, <laughs> in the matrix. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what's your number eight? Who Kyle. me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, can you hear me yeah 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 my number eight wait hang on let me okay i have more than eight actually um oh please please go ahead so i have 10 and i'm ranking this from what i would watch on repeat like if i do see it versus all the way to the end what i would watch consistently like ah, oh, i feel like watching this on repeat i will absolutely do this yeah i i that i ranked my tv shows in similar in a similar fashion that way like so, how many times where i would want to watch it versus how many times i would actually finish it yeah yeah exactly so um number 10 is better call saw mm. oh I actually really like that show <clears throat> because you know, like I like, I like spinoffs that provide like an extra added perspective mm-hmm. to like everyone's fan favorite show, like you know Breaking Bad, and okay. it just like it just like expands like the idea of like what the universe is in like that television show. Okay, like I'm I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff, like you know. Like those uh, subtle Easter eggs that Marvel would hint at other ideas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say about uh, Better Call Saul is I love how they take like a, a side character from a really big show like Breaking Bad, and they spin it off with a, with with Saul, and you actually get to understand how Saul became Saul Goodman. You know, before he was Jimmy, but but then like you kind of. In a similar fashion, you go down this downward spiral, spiral with uh, Walter becoming Heisenberg, but then in this show, it's uh, Jimmy becoming Saul. So I think it's an yeah. interesting dynamic with how the two shows mirror each other, but each character has different motives for falling into those those roles eventually. Yeah, dude, it's extremely parallel, but like you know, like it complements like one another. And I just mm. I like Bob Odenkirk's like character period you know like yeah he's very low well, i don't know i'm rooting for him all the time but like you know um <clears throat> so that's number 10 yeah. number nine it's it's an anime all right okay. Ooh, first anime yeah. show <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite anime of all time so like i i give it like top three uh-huh so it's uh kill a kill uh, mm. i i i'm don't worry about it. You go. Go ahead, please. No, no, no. You, you go. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm just saying. I, I'm gonna get this out of the way first. I'm not a big anime watcher, but I do have my my taste in anime is a little bit. Um, it, it's not as full as some other people's tastes, so I know a little bit. But this is very new to me. So go ahead and explain what it is. Yeah, that's cool. So basically, it's like a to show that kind of parodies, you know, tropes from other animes. Um, like Attack on Titan, I think, possibly, and um, 
Naruto and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and Sailor Moon, especially. So basically, it's this renegade girl who goes to a school and um, everyone has uniforms that have superpowers ranked from one star to three stars. And she's an outcast. But she's not there to attend the school. She's there to learn who killed her father. Because mm. someone from that school killed her father. She, the special thing about this main character is that her primary weapon is a sword, but it's half of a scissor. So it's like a giant, like, how do you say? Half of a scissor, yeah. And basically she fights other people within the campus uh, and figures out who killed her father. I don't want to give anything away, but like, uh, I think the show is like really funny. Well, for me at least. And you know, it's really self-aware and like the ending is just really good. So I, mm -hmm. I highly recommend that. Uh, so that's number nine. Um, number eight. And this is a recent show on Netflix. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called Kingdom. Oh, I remember we talked about this. And I, I was planning on checking it out, and I did I did mark it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't know why, but like I really like it. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like the modern or no, I, I like the flip that they would put like during like a feudal era in like Korea. Well, you know, similar to Japan versus, you know, your typical zombies, you know, like the premise is pretty absurd, but it, it, it is interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. It is a little bit absurd, but like, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of want to see like where that goes. They've already had people doing cowboys versus aliens and cowboys as robots, if you know what I'm referring to. And <laughs> oh. Just like you know, let's see how, let's see someone flip the genre with, I don't know, uh, swordsman, Asian swordsman versus insert genre here like zombies. So I I actually really like the show and like it you know it keeps it interesting as you like watch on. So and what is it about again? It's uh, zombies and samurais. You know, yeah, basically. Like you really, you really like root for the characters. To be honest, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a little bit refreshing for the zombie genre instead of just Walking Dead all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that show is literally Walking Dead. It's it's been going on way too long. <laughs> so, like, I I would recommend that for you guys to like sit down and watch on your free time. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, number seven actually is another anime okay it's, it's called space dandy and oh I, I don't know what space dandy is so please so you might you guys might have seen it on toonami like before like <clears throat> in high school mm -hmm. but it's the same creators as uh samurai shampoo and oh. um space uh cowboy bebop and uh i think i might be missing one more but yeah those are really good shows like this is a really good show it's really funny i feel like mark uh m you would like it like in particular because it, it i feel like it's your kind of humor <laughs> hmm. 
Like, yeah, so? it's very, it's it's absurd. It's like uh, the episodes don't really relate to each other. Uh huh. But uh, this dude travels space with uh, what I want to say, in uh, one alien and a robot as his sidekicks, and like they get into like like weird adventures, and it's really funny. What and is it called again? Space Dandy. Space Dandy. All right, but I gotta mark it, this down. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Like it, it also has moments where it's like emotional, and like it, like you don't understand how you suddenly feel emotional because it's such an absurd show, but like you just do, and then like it feels like it feels good. It feels really satisfying to watch. Like for me, yeah. So, Mark, uh, would you want to talk about your seven? Oh, oh, my oh, number yeah, seven it. is a. Uh... Breaking oh my bad. Oh, 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 I was about to ask. Did you have anything more to add on, Kyle? Sorry for cutting oh. you off. Oh, no, okay. no, I'm good. Yeah, I can go. So yeah, go ahead okay. with your number seven. Um, Breaking Bad. It might. Oh, it, your number seven, Breaking Bad. Yeah, it might be a little bit low compared to like maybe both of you. But I I have well since we are on the topic of Breaking Bad I might as well just give it away but Breaking Bad was number two on my on my list. Oh damn! Yeah, the gap. Kyle, did you have it on your list? No, actually. Ah, uh, okay. But um, I would watch it though when I see it. But um, the reason I have it on my number seven or my list at all is uh because I like the character arcs for. Walter White, Jesse Pinkman. Um, you can see like the parallels. Um, Jesse goes from bottom of the barrel and rises to the top. Walter White and his like moralities start off pretty high, and then over the show, you can see it deteriorate. And all the uh, side characters are pretty uh, entertaining. They have depth, like Hank. Um, The guy who owns the chicken place, Gus. Oh, Gus. Yeah. Gus Freeman. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, like Saul Goodman, there's Badger. There's all these other like side characters that have their purpose and um, work really well. You got to love Badger. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think... Uh, Jesse oh. is has my favorite like development arc. Yeah, by far. I mean, he, he even... And the Breaking Bad movie, uh, El Camino, uh, details like Jesse's life after the events of Breaking Bad. Definitely fulfilling in that sense, yeah. Um, here's what I'll say about Breaking Bad since we're already discussing it. Um, I put it as my number two, but it it kind of the one thing I do love about the show is that you don't know you're actually watching the the main protagonist of the show becoming the villain, essentially. You know, you start off in the beginning rooting, somewhat rooting for Walt, you know, wanting to get garner money for his family and for his cancer treatment. But then as soon as he overcomes that challenge, it becomes like, when is he going to stop? You know, he's, he's gaining all this power, all this excess money. And all of a sudden, you're no longer, you feel your trust with Walter becomes more fractured with every, choice and uh, every choice he commits throughout the show it's kind of like that one cliched saying from batman you know if you live long enough 
you see yourself become the villain. Well, that's essentially what the show is trying to like uh, ex- uh, explore more about. And that's what yeah, I like that, about Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's basically Ben Affleck for you. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. The villain. He, he he became the hero when he when he became uh, Daredevil, and then he became the villain when he took on Dare. Um, what was it? Uh, Batman. <laughs> Honestly, but you know we di- we digress. So, no, honestly though, like, when was there ever a sad Ben Affleck meme when he was doing Daredevil, right? And all of a sudden, you take on Batman, and all the sad memes pop up. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never seen one sad meme when when Ben Affleck was Daredevil. Not one. I mean, I, I've seen some with Gone Girl, but <laughs> I see your point. I mean, yeah, he's blind, but he seems still pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, because he can do backflips while he's blind. Uh huh. Well, Batman's literally blind as a bat, right? Wow, good correlation. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, what's your number six? <laughs> oh, for me? Or whoever has a six. Uh, I'll oh. start off with mine. Okay. So, my number six. Um. It's a show I think we all grew up with, you know, uh, within like the 2000s and maybe a little bit throughout the 2010s. But my show has a a pair of big boobies in it, you know, and that's Drake and Josh. <laughs> oh I mean... my god! Oh my god! I have to reassess my whole list now. I forgot about that. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, a pair of big boobies in Drake and Josh. I mean, who doesn't love Drake and Josh? You know. I remember watching, uh, what was it, the Amanda Bynes show, and there were, like, side characters in that show, essentially. Like, they weren't the big, the the, the main headliners, but every now and then you see them pop up, and there you'd be you'd think to yourself, like, those, those are a really funny duo of actors, right? And then all of a sudden they come out with Drake and Josh, their own show, and it was just so hilarious. Like, I didn't expect this show to take off the way it And... Without with, with with saying not too a lot about not too much about it because it's a really simple premise, you know, they're stepbrothers. They hate each other at first, but then they end up finding different kinks and quirks that they like about that they like about each other, and they eventually make life work for them. And they no longer see themselves as stepbrothers, but more as like brothers, you know, like as, as a strong whole family. And it's definitely that chemistry that holds the show. And I think that's all I have to say about it, unless you guys want to... Drake and Josh. I I, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head with that one. Yeah, like, Drake and Josh is just one of those generation-defining shows that kind of... Well, I don't want to say kind of, but it really did shape, like, a lot of us. Yeah. For for me, especially. Like, I I grew up with that show. Like, I watched it from beginning to end. Look, I didn't have... I didn't have a brother, and I that show made me want to wish I had a brother so I could do all the stupid shit with him. <laughs> yeah. You see, that's what I do with my, my little brother, so... <laughs> Trust me. Uh... I mean, who doesn't love, love it when, like, they're, like, doing something stupid with each other, and all of a sudden, Megan does something even more devious, and they just, like... They do that sly whisper, like, Megan... <laughs> 
So that's my number six. What, what are you guys' number six? You can go ahead, Kyle. Um. <clears throat> All right. Uh. Well. The Office. Oh, uh, I I knew someone was gonna have The Office. <laughs> well, I'm okay. You know. Um. I know. It's cliche. It's overrated. It's every. No, no. I think it's a great show. I think it's a great show, but I didn't add it on my list because I, so I knew someone would have it on there, so I was gonna talk more about it on about and, and on their every list. every girl or guy on Tinder quotes it because it's very quirky, it's very original and relatable. But I have to tell you, like, I was skeptical of the show at first. It wasn't my type of humor at first, and like, I sat through the whole season. I trudged along with it. And, like, it grew on me, and, like, I started loving the characters. It became one of those shows where you wanted to see the characters grow and, like, mm-hmm. you know, develop. And you want... Hello? Hi, Kyle? Did... And... Uh, oh, okay. Are you back? Yeah, my... My headphones just died. Oh, okay talk like this um so wait have both of you seen it i've seen i haven't seen all episodes but i've seen a couple so i i know the gif of what the office is <laughs> i've seen most of it like you really hate michael scott or steve carell at first but you know you really learn to like him and you kind of appreciate like that show kind of gave me like appreciation for people in my life I have to be honest with that, like, like with like different sizes, different personalities, etc. Mm-hmm. To be but, fair, oh, yes. To be fair, I think when Will Ferrell was like the boss in the show, and Michael left, I think it went down in quality a bit. I I say that's fair. Yeah. I think definitely the highlights were like season one through six, right? When when uh, Steve Carell was there. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say about The Office. I have two things to say about it. Is that one, it's definitely a good TV show to just put in the background, right? You could like do whatever, cook, clean, and That's it'll be true. on the background. And like you could like pop in and like turn around, watch the TV for a little bit and be entertained. That's a lo- that's what I think about the office. It's good, entertaining quality, um, uh, sh- short uh, TV shows that you can get through within like a day. And two is Prison Mike. That's all I gotta say. Prison Mike. <laughs> he's, he's like the best part of the show. <laughs> Prison Mike is all I gotta say. I you are he... the bell of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think The Office and like Thirty Rock were the two shows that solidified NBC as like a legit, um, com- like a station for like comedies. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly agree with you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Would you like? Six. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about your number six. Um, I think this show was. Like a spawn of The Office and how it was like successful. Parks um, and Rec. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Parks and Rec. The only thing I know about it is Fat Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, I think 
in my opinion, I was able to digest Parks and Rec a little bit more. Um, it's been a while since I watched The Office, um, but watching Parks and Rec, it was pretty funny, especially with like Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson, uh, Aziz Ansari as a uh, Tom Haverford, like Leslie Nope, pretty much like the Michael Scott of like a town. Yeah, honestly, I feel like Parks and Rec is like the starter kit for like that kind of humor. Yeah. You know, if you're not necessarily able to get into the office immediately, like Parks and Rec is definitely like the first thing you would watch. Because I was a fan of Parks and Rec before the office. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> got introduced to the office. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's funny that like someone like Ron Swanson is like a parody of how like the manly man should be. And like Chris Pratt is like the... Uh, the Luffy goofy dude that um, most frat boys are um, and how they get like like the gothic chick like in Aubrey Plaza and um, Tom Haverford is a like the hip dude that's always in like in the know of like what the next top thing is and Leslie Nope and um, Anne are like really good as a duo of like the straight girl and like or like the straight person and like the the uh, um over the, like the michael scott and like a straight character mm-hmm. and then um you know like every character i feel like has like a like a similar character in like the office but it's like, like a, a foil yeah but it's in like, like a how... town form mm-hmm like a uh, Aubrey Plaza's character, yeah, as opposed to uh, Leslie Nope. Yeah, and like there's Retta. There's like um, I believe it's Gary. Like, <laughs> I think that's a joke in the show. There's like you don't really know his name, and he's called different. His his, yeah, his actual name is Gary, but oh. like throughout the show they've been calling him Jerry, and like he didn't want it like correct them because he didn't want to like make them feel bad yeah Um, what a guy i mean it's pretty much like if you're a fan of the office you could pretty much get into parks and rec that's how i feel about it so number five yes um i'll start with my number five so my number five show is some is a show that some people may have fallen off yet or they're tired of, or maybe they're still on the train about it. I'm not really sure. Walking Dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am a fan of nostalgia, uh, especially pop culture nostalgia, and that's Stranger Things, you know? Oh. Stranger okay. Things is my number five. It's it's one of those shows that I... It's usually one of those shows I love to watch during, like, Halloween with those um, horror... Those horror... 80s horror themes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish I had some. I wish I had some horrors in it, but it doesn't. <laughs> You're watching Stranger Things with horrors. I've never heard of such a Stranger Things. You're going to look at their, their demogorgons, huh? Anyways, welcome to the Mark and Mark podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> and my number number, my number show it involves a bunch of horrors, and that's Stranger Things. 
what I love about Stranger Things is that it's just how many whores there are in that show. <laughs> Every single person in the show is a whore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Boy, do I just love it. Um, I think we should just move on. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Stranger Things is how many references they make to 80s whores. God damn it. <laughs> oh, Kyle, what's your number five? <laughs> Wait, I, I want to hear this talk about whores. My favorite reference is when they mention that whore from the E.T. movie. You know E.T., the biggest whore, whore alien that I know. That's a pretty big whore. Can't lie mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. E- E.T. phone whore? Mm-hmm. What about that waffle whore? E.T. whore home. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and it just has a, you know, on a, on a serious note, back on topic. It's just the performances from all the kids, you know, that make it memorable for me, at least. Um, they're all charismatic. They're all funny. They bring levity to the show. They make it t- when it, when it's suspenseful. They make it suspenseful, and you really feel for these characters when you invest your time into them. Um, first season is a great introduction. It does feel like they reference too many shows and or movies from the eighties and nineties, a little bit seventies. Um, second season, uh, great. A performance from uh, Bob. What's his name? Oh, Sean, Sean Astin, right? Sam from Lord of the Rings. Um, and oh, yeah. season, season three, a great performance uh, from uh, David Harbour and Millie Bobby Brown, who are both consistently great in the show from all three seasons. Uh, and it's just, uh, it, it, whenever I watch the show, it takes me back to a time where, like, you feel that nostalgia feeling, right? Where you think, oh, it was, things were much more simpler back then uh, for people living in the 80s and 70s and whatnot. But again, it's just that nostalgic feeling, you know? And it makes you feel, think about all those uh, feel-good moments that you get whenever you watch older uh, 80 movies and whatnot. And that's what the show, for me, encapsulates. I, I think my favorite part of season three... I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it. it was a uh, Maya Hawk as a oh Robin. yeah a great great uh addition to the cast. Like, it's 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 great that they were able to include like a lesbian character like to represent mm-hmm. like, the LBG, LGBT or how mm-hmm. you spell it yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and Steve too. What a great art for Steve too. Like he started off as like the bully in season one. And then the awesome babysitter in season two, and just an all-around great friend in season three. Steve is just like the best character for me personally. Yeah, for real. He's the the best mom of the show. <laughs> Definitely a guy who has the greatest, the, the most dramatic arc in the show. That uh, makes him very likable. Well, not so much in season one, but later on episodes, you you really start to be on his side. So yeah. That's right, number five. Kyle, you're number five. Okay, so this is going to sound absurd because, uh, you know, you put Stranger Things out there like, ooh, how am I going to top that? I'm going to be honest with myself here. Like, I watch this show when I'm sad. I watch this show when I'm not sad. I watch this show when I'm just not in the mood for anything else. And it's this 
show called We Bear Bears. Oh, mm. my God. I love yes. that show. It's so nice. It's so simple. Anyone can get into it. It's not controversial or anything. It's just like you can sit down and enjoy it. It doesn't matter how old you are, young or old. Like You can just sit down and just have a good time watching three bears. Like, I love all three of the bears, you know? Yeah. I, I wish I watched enough of the show to, like, make a reference, but I haven't. I, I wish that I watched the show, because I remember seeing images and, like, stuff on social media from that show, but I just never really got it. But now that you mention it, I'll definitely look into it. Yeah, it's just an all-around, like, good show. Like, you could just sit down and just... Good vibes, you know? Yeah, I, lo- I love good feel shows that make me feel good and not stressed out. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like stranger things <laughs> it kind of it kind of uh takes me back to a time for like you know, simpler things like uh mm-hmm. when cartoon network would put shows like uh i don't know uh ed and eddie or or like stuff like that you know i'm not saying it's very similar to ed and eddie but like you know it kind of makes you feel like you're just a kid sitting down watching mm-hmm. so that's my number five i feel like um we bear bears is like part of like the 20 like late 2000s or like 2010s era of cartoon network with like adventure time steven universe yes yeah they have uh some of the same people working on that show so i mean yeah Um, how about your number five mark um new girl Mm, is that the one with uh zoe de chanel yeah okay um it includes a cast of uh, Max Greenfield. I think he's on um, that neighborhood show on CBS right now. Um, there's, it had one of the Wayans in it. I think Damon Wayne Jr. originally, and then they had another black guy come in. Um, oh, oh! You don't know his name? You're just gonna call him the other black guy? I know, right? This guy. <laughs> what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> you know, let, let me let me let me Google it. Just uh... oh, you're not even prepared. You gotta know this other black guy's name. <sighs> um, yeah, I, I don't know about this podcast anymore. Yeah, it, it should just be called the Mark Podcast. Uh, <laughs> the hey, Mark hey, and if Kyle Podcast. <laughs> if you're listening, please dislike this video. And if you're subscribed, unsubscribe. There's a. It's Lamorne Morris. Okay, you can subscribe again. Like the like the podcast. Come back, right. please. Um, we're good people. And and uh, I guess one of the bigger names, especially more recently because of uh, Spider Verse, Jake Johnson. And, and Mummy fame. He was in the Mummy reboot. Don't forget. That is true. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, at least when it comes to Jake Johnson. Um, but yeah, like. A lot of people were fans of what Peter B. Parker and Spivers. And like, mm-hmm. on the New Girl like subreddit, like they mentioned that like Peter B. Parker is pretty much Nick Miller from the show. Like the the plot and like uh, structure of the show is pretty much about three roommates who get introduced to this girl who is looking for like an apartment because she broke up with uh, her ex, and then like they at first we're trying to like get with her but then like they just develop this huge friendship and then 
over time everyone just becomes like even more brotherly and like friendshipy and to see the growth of how the characters developed was pretty awesome and like how like the humor of being in an apartment and like people in their like their mid to late 20s having relationship issues and um job <coughs> issues is relatable especially like at this point in my life like 22 ish mm -hmm. so like it was is really fun to watch and i'm there's been times where i just go back and watch certain episodes and like maybe even like binge a season hmm. new girl yeah yeah i'll consider that yeah a new girl is a new show on my list. <laughs> Anyways, so on to my number four. <laughs> my number four show for most rewatchable is a show that I've watched. I don't know. It was probably the first show I've ever watched getting into anime. It was on, I think Kyle mentioned Toonami. That's how I found out about it, on, about the show, first of all. It was like after school, around like maybe five o'clock, they start playing the Toonami show, uh, programs. And it was one of the first shows that got me into anime and, and manga. And it's probably, in my in my opinion, the best anime out there. Naruto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to make a fun and you ruined it. I was about to say something, but you ruined it. What was the fun? Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was about to say <clears throat> that... This show inspired me to have my own Nindo, my ninja way oh, of becoming the next great Hokage. And that is Naruto. <laughs> and I think just every, nowadays Naruto is memed, you know, because like you got everybody Naruto running and like making fun of him, memeing it. And then you got memes about like Sasuke being just an obsessed emo kid about his brother and his family. But on a serious note, I think Naruto is just one of those easily accessible animes that you can get into. For me, it was personally because I just remember watching TV and turning on turning on the TV and being like, "Oh, what's this show?" And premise were, was very simple. It's just a show about a couple of kids wanting to be, you know, great ninjas in their own right. Uh, different goals for each one of them, and it was just a really entertaining show for me at least but it wasn't until i got older when i started diving into different themes about what each character meant and the different themes they were battling within their own personal lives you know and then it even got better with uh, with the spin-off shows or the continuation shows with uh, shippuden and then i i haven't heard too much about baruto but from what i'm hearing it's it's a mixed bag but definitely the, the first incarnation of Naruto is definitely memorable. And, like, it's a show that you could just pop in, watch. get in. You could just get introduced to anime much more easily through that. And Naruto's just a great character. He goes through a lot of character developments, you know, being a bratty, whining kid to actually wanting to be like, oh, lives are at stake. I need to take this serious, you know. If I don't, if I don't take my role seriously, then other people will die because of me. So yeah, that's my number four. What were you gonna say about it? Um, me or Mark? Like I, I didn't have anything to say. Oh, um, 
yeah, Naruto was maybe one of those first shows that introduced me to anime as well. It was that or One Piece. Uh-huh. Or, well, I don't like to count Pokemon, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like it's like a really important show. Like you, you start to like feel for each character as mm-hmm. like you develop with it, and like especially Naruto. Like, and uh, there's a lot of strength that you get from just watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Shippuden also. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the characters are not perfect by any means. A lot of them have faults, but when they do make those choices and they end up backfiring, or they, when you do watch the show, you see how like their consequences play out through like a long period of time, and it takes through a lot of episodes, and you see it reoccurring every now and then about the choices they made as a kid now affecting them as teenagers. That's the one thing I like about the show is that it teaches you that like the actions you do today have a repercussion in the future and you have to team up or like you have to form relationships in order to like get over those hurdles you know yeah you know like that's the ninja way you gotta like rely on each other too Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. know like one of my favorite arcs was kakashi's arc yes definitely yeah and uh you know i actually was gonna put this show right here on the list as well the same spot Mm -hmm. but i I knew you were gonna put that in here, so like for, this, <laughs> for the sake of lack of repetition, I I kept it out. But that definitely is a very important show to me too. So, and yeah, you uh, as I mentioned before, a lot of the things about the show have been memed and parodied now in today's culture through social media and all that. Mm-hmm. But under when you take it really under the surface and like you dive in deep with these characters and you follow along with the storylines and all that, it really is meaningful. And a lot of these characters are. We they have some sort of repre- representation of struggles and issues that we go through today. Well, it may we may not be over dramatic like how the show portrays it, but definitely has one of those things that we can overcome and like things we go through every day, like not having not, not always feeling like we're important or issues of of being ourselves and growing up and what it means to become an adult and taking on responsibility is like Ex- one of the one of the things the show exemplifies. Exactly. It's just learning how to triumph and overcome adversity while like, you know, just learning to accept who you are. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like throughout the whole show, each character resented themselves. Like, yes. I mean, like each character resented themselves, like one way or the other. You uh-huh. could not introduce a new character without them having some kind of checkered past. Like, <laughs> oh, this is why I'm this way. <laughs> And now I must kill you. Like, <laughs> hey, man, but that makes it a lot more accessible and relatable to some people. You know, you have a lot of different characters that are going through many different obstacles and issues in their lives, and it takes them a long time to overcome those issues. Just like how today, um, many people have experienced something when they're young, and they're still trying to find ways to overcome those issues. And that's something great that I think the that the show exemplifies. And I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that we're all still dealing with something when we're young, and we're still trying to find ways to overcome that. I I know me personally, I am still trying to overcome some things when I was younger. But I think that's what the show does great. You know, you really do grow up with these characters. You literally see them grow up from from like preteens to now teenagers and now adults. Yeah, so, yeah. That's that's my number four pick. Uh, Kyle, you're number four. Oh. Well, this is going to take a bad turn, but... uh, 
one show, however, I will say that whatever it, whenever it comes on, I will sit down and watch it. Like sometimes, if I feel like looking up clips of it, I will look up clips of it. If I feel like watching episodes of it, I will watch an episode of it. And this is going to sound really absurd from We Bear Bears to Naruto of learning <laughs> values and just loving yourself. The show I'm talking about is the Eric Andre show. Oh. <laughs> so it's a show that basically is a fake talk show where they, you know, uh, get celebrities on the show to talk to this host, Eric Andre. And what they don't know is that uh, it's, it's not a real talk show. And it's actually uh, very absurd. Like they prank whoever they're interviewing. They, they do a lot of like uh, things to catch them off guard or offend them. And like, you know, the people who have gone interviewed in that show have ranged from uh, uh, Dennis Rodman to uh, Aza Akira to um, Jack Black and just all, all names from all over the place just sat down with uh, Eric Andre, the host. And as he would bombard them with questions like, are you a racist? Or how, how do you feel about um, whatever absurd comment here? On top of that, uh, Eric Andre has his sidekick, Hannibal Burris, And like just him standing there, his presence it's just like funny in, in itself. Like I feel like it's not hard to like get into. Like there's an instance where uh, Eric Andre is interview interviewing a, a guest, and I, I don't remember what guest it was, but the guest turns around and sees Hannibal Burris wearing a VR headset and just mm-hmm. screaming. <laughs> and uh, it's something you just have to watch. Or like he's eating a hot pocket and just screaming because it's too hot. It's definitely one of those shows where I could tell it's hard to describe, but watching it is a lot more funny than it is to describe. Yeah, it's just, I, I feel on the surface, it's just a show about shock factor. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's a show that just like makes you desensitized to the absurdities in your everyday life. And, you know, it's just... I, 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 would, would you classify it as dark humor? I Maybe so? <laughs> I, I think it's dark humor. Yeah. And it, it also like it's a it's a show to see like a different perspective on like whoever the guest is, like mm-hmm. how they would react to uh whatever is happening on the show. Like Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel was on the show, a talk show host getting interviewed <laughs> by that's so meta. Anyway, but you kind of see like how people truly act on that show and it's mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on it, maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I would definitely like recommend anyone to check it out just for like if they want some spontaneity in their life. So that's my number four. I think my favorite skit from that show is when he's on the subway. Oh my god. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, go on. He's dressed as Fruit Loops. <laughs> and like earlier when they were doing the subway, he had bees, right? He was a beekeeper. No one freaked out. But the moment he's dressed as Fruit Loops with a cone on his head <laughs> and pours milk, <laughs> they start to freak out. Not not with bees, but with milk. Okay, okay. I forgot to mention, the show has skits where Eric, Andre... Or Hannibal Burris goes out in public and just messes with people. 
for for instance, that skit Mark had just described. Eric Andre was in a uh, what? Do you, how do you say a uh, subway? No, no, and not yeah, yeah, in a subway, but like um, a morph suit. Yeah, and there were Fruit Loops taped around his body, and he had a one of those cones wrapped around his neck, the kind you would see a dog wear, so they wouldn't bite or scratch themselves. And he would approach random people, and in, in the subway saying, uh, "I didn't get the job at Fruit Loops." <laughs> And now I will become your communion. <laughs> and so, and so he pours milk into his cone and he pours Fruit Loops into his cone. And he, uh, he offers people to eat from him. <laughs> and it's really, it's really disturbing, but in a very funny way. Well, for me at least. But... I, think it's yeah. th- I think it's that one. And when he's like, there's like an outtake one where he talked about it on Conan. He was... um dresses ronald mcdonald and he went to a mcdonald's oh yeah <laughs> and like everyone was staring at him but my number four oh is yes a, is yes. a fairly new show it's on netflix um sex education oh i heard about that um it stars Ozzy butterfield uh jillian anderson and um quite a few like relatively new names to the acting world and they make it like such like a accessible and like relatable and funny show in my opinion like about kids in high school and like um their situations like the concept of the show is that jillian anderson is like a sex expert and her son is played by Aza butterfield named Otis and while like high school goes on he hears some people complaining about their sex problems and at some point um there's this person that's that that won't come out of a bathroom stall and she um has like problems right and he decides to like talk about it with her and she like saw yeah, her problem solved and word goes around and then he becomes pretty much a sex therapist undercover like in high school but my my favorite part of the show though is that they give the straight character like a straight male character a gay best friend and he's easily one of the best parts of the show and like, you usually see, like, the straight, like, women have, like, the gay best friend, which is, like, a trope at this point. But it's really refreshing to have, like, a straight male have the gay best friend because it's something new and refreshing. And, like, while he's, like, giving sex advice, he has problems with uh, a girl that he's friends with and giving, like... like being in a relationship with her like he doesn't get it like he has to ask his best friend advice on his situation at some point and there's like different side characters that have their moments too and it's it's quite a good show in my opinion i haven't watched the show but i i know my one of my sisters have watched the show she really enjoys it so 
I have to check it out eventually, but I got I got what? Space Dandy Kingdom and We Bear Bears on my list. <laughs> so I'll add sex education on my list too. And a new girl. A new girl on my new list. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My cousin was asking me if I was watching that the other day, and now you brought it up. Sex education, so I, I figured there's like a lot of popular shows that you guys are gonna put on there, so I figured I'd put one show that like maybe not many people will talk about. Speaking of popular shows, this show for my number three, uh, for my number three show, maybe more popular back in its early days, not so popular now with wow. considering how it concluded, and and that's Game of Thrones, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I. I particularly only listed on my list seasons one through six <laughs> because I I believe that season six is just for me the end. I don't like to think about season seven or eight. I don't I don't like to think about it all because every time I think about it, I get an aneurysm breaks. But seasons one through six, uh, definitely seasons one through four, are feel really close to the book. So if you guys. Most of you guys know Game of Thrones, you know, the sci-fi, or no, not sci-fi, fantasy world. Um, but it's a show that's very complex, with complex characters. Um, a very, It's a very political show, if if you guys uh, know anything about the Game of Thrones shows or, or books. But it's what, uh, what makes it uh, rewatchable for me are definitely the character moments. There are a lot of character moments each episode there is like a great uh scene or great uh speech from a character and that's what brings that's what makes it much more watchable and it makes it a lot more entertaining and there it's definitely a, a subversion a lot of people know this it's a subversion of the fantasy genre you know uh, the king is actually a really bad fat douche and the queen is literally a whore, <laughs> not from hey, the Stranger hey, Things. <laughs> another whore, I see. yeah. And the Prince Charming is a is a really brood, uh, brooding uh, brat. And the most likable character in the show, is, uh, a midget that everybody just or a dwarf that everybody likes to hate on, but we as the audience love to root for. And I think that's what makes Game of Thrones um, rewatchable and entertaining are those character moments. Uh, a lot of them are big, some of them small. And definitely come back for the storyline, although it may not have paid off in the end. I like to pretend in season six, it ended that way. <laughs> but yeah, that's why number three. Even though it gets a lot of hate for those later seasons, but I just like to think of the, the show... When it, in its prime with those first six seasons. I see. You're number three. Um, so it's this show on HBO that I've been watching for a while now. And uh, it follows this uh, writer for one of the TV shows you guys mentioned, actually. And it, uh, supposed everyday life of when we all know it's not his everyday life, but maybe like, you know, adaptations or like an, an inter interpretation of what he has in his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, the writer is Larry David. 
for oh. Seinfeld. So this show is Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have to be honest, I really, really like this show. Like, I love this show because, like, well, maybe my humor is just that way, but you really see Larry David get himself into uh, situations where no normal person would get into. But because he's very uncompromising, he's very stubborn, and he keeps it real with not only himself, but everyone around him. Like, his honesty is just very brutal. You kind of see where it takes him and what chaos ensues because of that. And you might call it sadistic because watching it is just like, wow, why would you do that? But it's it's kind of funny because like you kind of wonder what would the world be like with someone who questions everything. And like when it comes to like, uh, for instance, there there's a, there's a part in the latest season where he realizes he has power that he's a white male who gets mistaken for uh, ridiculous things like, uh, I don't know, sexual harassment because this whole uh, cancel movement is so big. So it, it gets to a point where he takes advantage of it and puts on a MAGA hat, and which indicates, of course, oh, I support Trump. And as a result, he uses it to get in lines like people leave the line because they don't want to be near him (laughs) or spots in restaurants because people leave as soon as he sits next to them and uh just it's that all-around humor that just like i don't know it might be like a little bit dry for some people but i really like the show personally um well yeah that's my number three um, my number three, I believe most people may consider one of the better shows on air. However, like, I think it just ended. It's, uh, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that the one with M- Milo something? The Rocky son? <laughs> right? Or, it has Ted Danson, Kristen Bell. Um, oh, the good place. I was thinking of a different show. It's funny because Ted Danson is Larry's enemy. But oh. I'm sorry, yeah. Which show are you talking or thinking about, Mark? I think I was talking about This Is Us <laughs> with, with Rocky Sun and a different show, I mean, okay. off topic. Um, like, when I first, when I was watching season one, it was like toward when it first aired. So, like, you don't know what the twist is. Like, you know something's off, but you don't know exactly what the twist really is. And then, like, throughout the first season, you see, like, Eleanor, played by Kristen Bell. There's Jason. Um, there's Cece. And there's a... Dang it. I forgot his name. Dang it. Come on, Mark. I'm we we, we gotta we gotta be more professional. Then. I know. We gotta, we gotta memorize all these people's names because we're talking about TV. Yeah. First, you forget about oh, the black oh, guy. <laughs> and then, like, um, he's also another black guy. <laughs> oh my! Forgetting about all the black guys' names. I'm, Come I'm on. Leave. 
I have to leave this podcast. Oh my god! Oh my oh. god! Um, what's wrong? What's with you and black guys? Come on! I don't know. Come on, bro! Oh my god! But yeah, Mark like, um, and Horse. Yeah. yeah, like uh, like once you get through the first season and you know what the twist is, that's like, I listen to like the Good Place podcast, and they talk about how like once that first season was over they were able to like just ramp it up like um because like they were trying so hard to hide the twist like as they were filming only Kristen Bell Ted Danson and the writers knew what the twist was not even the directors so once that first season ended everything was like open to um be played with and the twist is, is that, like, the good place is actually, like, hell or, like, the bad place. So, like, once once they were able to open that up. Wow, were... spoiler alert. <laughs> the good That's place so is actually a bad place. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Now you forgot about the other black guy's name. Oh, my God. <laughs> podcast or leave a dislike, please. <laughs> Unsubscribe. To, to be fair, um, I'm pretty sure most people would know that something's up, and that would be like what the twist was. But still, like everything is just very well, and like they they get to you get to see how these group of like quote unquote bad people like um grow like grow together, um, have relations, like, uh, friendships with one another, and then, like, how they can, like, take it to another level until, like, the fifth season, or fourth season, I, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. I well, think I'll I have keep... to give that a try, too. So. Oh, oh, um, I think we already talked about my second uh, my number two show that's Breaking Bad. So, and we, I already talked about it earlier. I'll just say that it's a very great show, you know, very memorable show with Walter White becoming, like I said, you don't know that he's actually the, the villain of the show. He slowly grows into that role. And the more that you watch him go through these antics and the more he makes these choices that end up having consequences for him and his family the more that you start to challenge your beliefs in Walter and, and you're unsure where, where you actually stand with Walter and whether or not you support him or not later on the show. And it, and it spins off with another great show, Kyle said, oh, Better Call Saul. Uh, it shares similar parallels, but both equally great shows in their own right. So that's my number two. Uh, what's your number two, Kyle? Um, all right. Uh, you know him, you love him, you hate him. Dave Chappelle. The Chappelle Show. Uh. Yeah, I put Chappelle Show as my number two because, like, maybe not in, like, see, I'm putting, I'm making this list in a matter of how consistently I would probably watch it, like, out of my own way, you know? But, uh, Chappelle Show, I can just never get tired of. Like, I, I can sit down watch a skit from the Chappelle show and just like have a good laugh and just you know all of a sudden like I'm in a good mood like 
Chappelle show is just timeless. And like, it's like what? How many years old now? And like, I can just still still sit down like and enjoy the humor. Like, I really like the Chappelle show. Like since I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I saw this Chappelle show when I was like in what sixth, fifth grade, and I didn't understand the humor, but it was still funny. And then like I grew up watching it here and there as I would grow, and like, oh wow, you know, some of it is just like hits differently as you grow up. So I I put Chappelle show as number two because like it just happened to be one of those shows that would consistently show up whenever I would perhaps like be browsing the t- uh, the TV or just it just happens to be there and like it's just that one show that I always sit down and watch all the way through whenever it shows up. And I can't lie about that. So and Dave Chappelle, he's like I think he's a genius, honestly, because like he he manages to be absurd and like radically funny, but he manages to challenge the status quo and he challenges people to think differently and think in a perspective maybe that's absurd, but maybe is in all honesty like just true, and uh, and he does that with his like comedy specials. If any of you have seen them, mm-hmm. I, I think what. The, the Dave Chappelle show did great was how he uh, I think he helped influence feature comedians like Key and Peele and the Eric Andre show definitely I see influences from both of their shows within the Dave Chappelle show and that's he he's kind of like that generational comedian that has an effect on everyone that you inspire to like inf- that influences your life and you inspire to be and he some in some shape, way, or form that he transformed comedy. Yeah, and that's why, like, I hold it up there. I was gonna put Keen Peel initially, and then I mm-hmm. start. I started thinking of Dave Chappelle, like you know, he's like the granddaddy when it comes to this. Um, but Keen Peel definitely would have taken it too, because like it's more modern. I, and- I was thinking about putting Keen Peel in my show, but I wasn't. I I was feeling like a little bit too. I didn't want to overstuff my my list with even just six slots. <laughs> or I, I felt like I feel like someone else would have covered Keaton Peel. But I'm glad that you added Dave Chappelle on your list, so we could talk a little bit about it. Yeah, you know what? He's just one of those guys who like challenges you to think differently. Like, there's mm-hmm. not enough like people like that in the world because he does so in a way that like you know is approachable, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. but despite being offensive. But that's my number two. He yeah. makes hard, hard topics, hard subjects funny, <laughs> and more, yeah. much more easily, a, a much more easier to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, your number two. Um, Scrubs. Scrubs, that's a classic. Um, I remember the name of the black character in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a batting average of two, one out of three, Mark. <laughs> 300 so that's fine um yeah like it's even considered one of the more accurate medical shows like they don't sugarcoat most of it like, like they're funny when like, they know it can be funny but when it has to be a serious topic like they they play up the drama and like they keep it real um like zach braff as jd and like donald Faison as turk um, 
it's like the bromance that most people would want. Um, you have like Perry Cox, like Doctor Cox, as like the, the the strong father figure, even though he's kind of um, like, like strict, not strict. Um, I guess aggressive at some points, but he's like how I would describe Gordon Ramsay as someone who's like who yells and is angry because he cares about you and like the craft um people like the janitor the todd they have their moments too like they're really good foils to the characters in the show um elliot and carla are really good too like like with most of my shows i've said like the characters are all strong in terms of their moments and i think like it's easily rewatchable um, because of they have enough drama and like comedy that balance it out. Um, I don't like when they do the medical school season, which I think is season nine or ten. Like it, it lost some of the magic because uh, it ended perfectly, in my opinion. But other than that, um, I believe it's one of the top shows. Uh, so number one yeah oh wait um honorable mentions now i i did mine at the beginning or do you have any me or mark you? i i guess and my honorable mention would be key and peel but that should have been like my seven or something but anyway so you're you if you want to discuss any honorable mentions real quick go ahead please do kyle all right well my honorable mention is shameless okay ah because like there was a there was a portion uh, or there was a part in time where I would watch that show like consistently, and just like you know it was the my favorite TV show like maybe twenty sixteen to like twenty eighteen, and like I just stopped watching it. But like it was the the go to show for my family too. As fucked up as it was, like we would just sit down and just be like entertained by the absurd stories and. As ridiculous as some of the story arcs were, like there were always lessons to be learned in them. From Lip, the intelligent, logical alcoholic, to his brother. Um, so, actually, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to say stuff to like spoil it. So, but uh, it, the, their alcoholic father, for instance, and he's probably like the. Hate, most hated but like funniest character on the show like you love to hate him so Frank that was his name yeah but uh, that show has just like been a, a big part of like what I've been watching like way back so I have to give it props for that because like my life back then was kind of like uh, we, we kind of I kind of shared like situational moments like that show so i won't get into detail but would you say that those events in your life back then were you shameless about them definitely i was definitely Ooh. shameless about them okay. yeah and to this day i am shameless about them. but, um, <laughs> but that's I, that's a story for a different time but yeah if i were to add uh one more honorable mention i'd say uh brooklyn 99 
Oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. Oh, I I love Terry Crews. Anything with Terry Crews, I love. <laughs> I, I I I didn't include it because I haven't caught up the in the last season. Um, because I had other shows to watch, and I forgot that it was on Hulu. So I'll probably catch up since most of my time is gonna be in home. So yeah. <laughs> So number one show. Yes. So I I think so, so. Some of you guys may have thought about this, or maybe not. Maybe I. Maybe I'm just that on the on the nose about it. But this show, what when I was young, I said that Naruto introduced me to anime. What this show broadened. I would. I'm not sure if you considered anime, but I guess so. It, it has the anime style, but I think. Most of you might have guessed, but that's Avatar The Last Airbender as my number one rewatchable show. I just find myself watching the show every other year or something like that. Every every so often. It's just that I think the show has reached a point where we start to reflect on about the great shows that we used to watch as a kid. And then when we do rewatch those shows, we really you really start to think Wow, this show was dealing with a lot of different ideas and themes that were very broad and strong for kids watching this back in like 2005, 2006. But that's, I think that's what makes the show very memorable. It's adult, adult themes that, that as a kid that you would understand, but as you get older, rewatching it, it, it makes an impression on you thinking, wow, this show isn't like, hand feeding you or like making you feel like an idiot as for a kid like that's hand feeding you these answers and these themes it goes through but it actually it actually guides you it it feels like it's teaching you something it's not dumbing down things for you it shows you the reality of things in the show and you got you got great characters like Aang and Sokka and Katara and Zuko and all those characters and they're just very fresh and memorable and it, every now and then I think about the show and how great it was and it does really make me want to go back and watch the show for not just the great themes but also the great action the choreography the animation the show has damn um, um I, I I ship Zuko and Katara over Katara name oh hot takes <laughs> Maybe we should make another podcast about hot takes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have any comments um, now? Or? I, I just... I strongly agree with you. The, the Zatara and... Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I kind of... <laughs> I kind of put that up there. Okay. I don't disagree with that, yeah. But well, yeah, I, I think the show is just great that it just... It doesn't spoon feed kids, you know. It it shows in the reality of things. It definitely deals with heavy themes and imagery, but it's also not afraid to take that risk with kids. Like it's not dumbing things down for them. But it, it, as you get older, you re- rewatching these things, you realize the the risk, the the strong metaphors and imagery that the show is implementing and how smart it was to teach kids things the show uh, deals with. 
It was one of Nickelodeon's last good shows. Yes, for real. Definitely agree. And I think the uh, spinoff show, what was it? Uh, oh, no, I'm blanking on the spinoff show. Anybody help me? Korra. I think it was called Korra, right? Korra. Korra. I think it was a great uh, predecessor, but definitely missing the 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 hit the the spunk that uh that created the whole the the from the predecessor show. Yeah, it was kind of missed for me, to be honest. I heard some great things about it. I heard it's a great spinoff, but I definitely am, I am in the realm that I would much rather avatar over Korra. amen yeah and it's called your number one show okay well uh i'm, I'm gonna add one more uh honorable mention oh go ahead I, I i will tell you my number one after that but um atlanta okay. oh how did i forget about that with uh donald glover or aka childish gambino like the reason the reason why I put that up there is because it is a very surreal TV show. It feels like Twin Peaks in the hood, and it kind of <clears throat> lets you see like how regular life can just be distorted, and you know all these characters in the show just live as though nothing happened around them. One person in the show, I will not say who will have like an invisible car and people will think it's normal. Um, I, I believe, uh, what's his name? Michael Vick was in the show at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it makes a lot of pop culture references. It's very like, it's very tongue in cheek, mind you. And it's definitely one of my favorite TV shows like ever, like that I've ever watched because it's, it, it's Childish Gambino. Like I love Childish Gambino. And it's just, it tackles problems like uh, everyday people might have, but it does so in a way that's really like unique and absurd. And it challenges like the public perception. Like it's so, it's so weird, but in a great way. Like Lakeith Stanfield as Darius is like the best character on the show. He just brings like the randomness factor into it. Like he would ask a, a character if he can measure their tree just out of context and then like the character will say no and he's like man that's pretty much no like or something like that oh yeah no no he says maybe later but i i really 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 like that show and uh 2021 they're coming out with two new seasons so whenever i do think about whenever i do think about atlanta i think of episode where it's definitely a riff on Michael Jackson. Yes. <laughs> and every time I think about the show, I just think about how how creative and yet creepy it was. <laughs> it's amazing. It, Marai Hero, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does that it has that ability to like make you like weird it out but like all laugh at it. So I I I don't think I'm going to say what it's about. Should I? Nah, I nah. Don't know. I'm just just watch it. Like another great episode from a show that sticks out to me is the Fufu episode, where like they're kids, right? That one and, was a really important episode to me. Yeah, that it, the, it doesn't gloss off um, like 
material wealth or like what we think material wealth is it does it has a strong message about it and that's what i think the show does great that it's like uh not necessarily glamorizing but also criticizing the way culture our current culture is within the regards of like uh hip-hop and and like and fashion and all that that's it i just think the show is just a whole last like critique on our modern like pop culture or just society you know and Mm. it it makes references at memes sometimes if you can catch those references but uh that was a very important episode the fubu episode but Uh uh-huh oh fubu that's what it was called yeah that that episode really hit home when like the kid like you know like they (laughs) they determine their value based on their clothes as you know uh what's his name uh donald glover's older cousin would teach him like Mm -hmm. like who you are it really hit home. But anyway, Atlanta. Uh, my number one. Uh, are you ready for this? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Give us some hints. I, w- I want to guess. <laughs> All right. So, you know, uh, you know how uh, it's not necessarily an anime. It does have in a similar anime style. And it teaches very hard-hitting lessons. Oh, is that Avatar 2? Yes, it's Avatar. Oh, uh, yeah, Avatar! <laughs> Woo! Okay, you know, Avatar was a really important show for me growing Because, like, it, it taught me to think deeper than what was on the surface level. And just... Yeah. It was... It, it talked about death and mortality, too. And just, like, finding one's purpose and becoming empathetic to those around you. Like, Zuko's mm-hmm. arc was my favorite arc. You know, just him learning how oh. to be a better person. By far, yeah, his arc definitely. I think it's something anyone, anyone that's going through like anger issues or something like that, or anyone who's ever felt bad for being a for being a bully towards anyone else. That you you're not defined by your actions, but what you do to you know like make up for those. Because his arc resonates with me a lot because like he he learns how to love himself and mm-hmm. he. He has a support system like Uncle Iroh, who was like a really, really good character. And the best um, uncle. The best uncle, like the, the dragon of the, what was it, the East? Yeah, dragon of the East. <laughs> Gosh. And um, the fact that Aang, Katara, and you know, what, what's his name again? Uh, Sokka. Sokka. Like, and, and, uh, tough. Toph, yeah, how how they gave him a chance and like they became a team, that was just like beautifully laid out, like how it would be illustrated to the end, like how they have like all the right there, and just uh, Aang's final battle with uh, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. <laughs> if, uh, I was it Izo something? Ozai, yeah. Aang's final battle. Bounce off what you were saying about the final battle. It's definitely satisfying because you go through a lot of like trials and tribulations with Aang and his his uh his crew. And yeah. They overcome so much obstacles, and by the end, you're unsure where things are going to end, and it ends so satisfyingly that it could have it could have had. Hello. Did you cut off? Think you cut off? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did I cut off? Yeah, you yeah, cut you off. cut off. 
Oh man. <laughs> I was just gonna say that it ended satisfying. Okay. The 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 end, um you could feel the passion, the anger, and you know, the the, the fight for what was right when you see Aang uh, uh how do you say manifest in the avatar state and as he made Fire Lord Ozai his bitch, like the the show just culminates into like that final season. It's just you you really feel something for each one of the characters, regardless if they are good or bad. And just it, it's hands down like one of the best TV shows of all time. Like no lie. So Azula and Zuko's fight. Oh, brilliant! It's beautiful. Brilliant. Oh yes. my god! One of the best fight choreographies in in uh, animation. But um, yeah, each you know there there were a handful of episodes that would always leave me wondering what happened in the world, like that underground library uh, when uh, they lost Appa, right? Oh, um, so so heartbreaking. <laughs> it was very sad. Uh, and and that swamp that you know trees could supposedly like they were living. That was very unsettling for me. And like that whole bloodbending arc, mm-hmm. it's just. It, it it's limitless with like whatever uh, the show wants to introduce with you. Like there's not a lot of shows like that. And so, that's what I was saying with in my as what I was saying is that the show isn't afraid to introduce dark themes and imagery in, to kids. It doesn't treat them dumb, you know. It, they the show is uh, is willing to take those risks and show like be smart about it and show kids like, hey, like it's these things are hard and difficult but like we all go through these and eventually you might have to encounter some of these things about about what we're introducing so yeah that's my number one uh take it away mark um when you mentioned in your another honorable mention don glover it reminded me of another show that i probably would either put on my list at the some place like maybe toward the top but i have another honorable mention um community community yes um seeing as we're all or used to in the case of other mark is a we used to be like or are currently community college students a lot of the uh, plot points and like jokes and situations that they propose and make satire of is very relatable like especially with the characters like um you have an old senile chevy chase um playing the old person in community college you have a former or reject um lawyer or just any profession in general with a joel McHale's uh character you get the young and like I guess upbeat, wanting to be like a straight A student, like Annie, played by um, or just Annie. I, I'm having like blanks in forgetting the names again, yes. huh? Except she's mm. not black. No one, no one said anything about black, but okay. Um, you get um, you get uh. Don Glover as like the former jock, but is secretly like a nerd 
um, you have the actual nerd and person who makes like a um, meta jokes and breaks the fourth wall and like Abed um, mm-hmm. um, and like Britta is like the, the smart ass who just makes like political statements Ken Jong is a good recurring character mm-hmm. you mentioned like we mentioned Drake and Josh earlier you get Yvette Nicole Brown as Shirley mm-hmm. um, the Dean is really good and has like very gay moments John Oliver made a like a recurring character too like every, everybody just has like these really um, good relatable community college moments it's also another like show much like Scrubs that has like a lot of jokes but there's points where like they address drama and and make it serious at some points but my number one show is the Golden Girls oh my god well is Golden Girls with uh that one chick from four <laughs> who I forget her she plays Darcy I forget um, well, there's Betty White. Oh, Golden Girls. Oh, they're, I'm so off. <laughs> R.I.P. Betty White. She ain't dead before when she died, though. Um, but <laughs> I think the jokes that they make, like, stand a type of time. It's almost like a 40-year-old show. It was made in the 80s. Um, like, B. Arthur. Like, uh... Rue McClanahan and Estelle Getty as Blanche and Sophia. They're all really good. Like, like it's old humor, but everything, like, just still hits to this day. Um, it's seven seasons. Like, you, it has the best theme song of all time, and thank you for being a friend. Like, like you can feel for these characters they have good um like situations it's situational comedy there's like good like relatable situations even to this day like much like full house there's like things that um make sense in that time but you can carry it over and like relate at some point I've never watched the show, but, you know, now it's that on, you're telling me about it, like, I'll, why not? Yeah. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Okay. I was thinking of such a different show when you said Golden Girls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was it? What I was thinking of that one show with with that one chick from Thor, Darcy, and she's like a diner waitress or something oh, like that. Two Broke Girls. Oh, Two Broke Girls. What a different show, but, yeah. You know, um, I mean, I don't have much to say besides that. Like, it's just, it hits really well. I mean, the fact that it's almost a 40-year-old show and everything makes sense still is, I think, a good showing of how good a show it is. Yeah. 40 years, down. Well, um, um, that's the whole. 
Well, I guess we can end it. But do you have any like movies that you want to say are rewatchable since you weren't here on the last episode? Oh, is that what you guys were discussing last time? Yeah, rewatchable movies. Or if you have any. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure you guys said this. Nacho Libre. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the, my number six, I think. Yeah, till, till the day I die, I will be rewatching that. Like, there, there is no way I can get tired of that movie. Hello? Yeah. Um, another movie, it, it's not in any particular order, by the way. Um, because uh, this was mentioned earlier, Rush Hour. And I mean, like, all the movies on Rush Hour yeah, cannot get tired Mark's, of. Like, number five or six? Uh, all right. Um, well, for obvious reasons, because the chemistry between the two actors, uh, Chris Rock and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Are, I, I mean, wait, not Chris Rock. What the fuck? Uh, Chris Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. yeah. Rock Tucker. Um, American Psycho with... Christian Bale. Ah. One of my, if not number two, like movie, like favorite movie of all time. American Psycho. Yeah. Um, because it kind of like gets you uh, in the head of someone who hates being mistaken for something else. Well, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And like the absurdities and such that can occur in one's mind during that process. And it kind of it's very like psychological, and uh, it 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 kind of delves on this theory of the, the looking glass self, like how others perceive you, and it makes you think about what you can get away with in your own life. Oh, hello. Uh, we still good? Yeah. Um. Uh, drumline. Whenever I see uh. Whenever I see that movie, I can't just like leave. You know, I just sit down and ha- I happen to watch the whole thing. Is is Drumline the one with Nick Cannon? Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Nick Cannon, the the <laughs> arrogant drummer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what in that film I like about it. Like, like maybe the choreography, maybe the scenes where like they battle with the drums. But it's like, intense. That's what it is. Yeah. Very intense. I never I, thought drumming would be so intense. <laughs> I can never drop that movie once it's on. Like I have to be honest, and there's just a certain quality about it. But uh, my, probably one of my favorite movies, or if not my favorite movie of all time, is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Jingle All the Way. Ah, yes. I, like I, I cannot Excellent. get enough of it. Like I will watch it. Like uh, even if it's not Christmas, I'll watch it. Like uh, if every Christmas, I will watch it. Like. Even if it's Halloween, I will watch it. Valentine's Day, I because I when I grow up, I wish I had the perseverance as Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad in that movie, going looking for a Turbo Man. Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad? No, I wish I had the per, the the per, perseverance as Arnold Schwarzenegger when I become a dad to have that that encourage or that perseverance to go find the Turbo Man for my kid. Yeah, I wanna I wanna 
well, you know, aside from the movie being like ridiculously funny because it's Schwarzenegger, <laughs> like it really shows how much like a dad can love his son, and like I want to do that for you know my son when I get old. Like uh-huh. I want to be their turbo, like, and it's just really funny. Sinbad as that uh, drunken mailman. Oh yeah, God. that scene where he has like he's threatening like the whole uh, building that he has a bomb. <laughs> Yeah, he's like in, in his mailbag. It's a messed up world we live in. <laughs> ta ta turtle man. <laughs> and he can never get it right. Uh, but oh, and that scene when they're running to the radio station reciting the reindeers. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I do that sometimes when I go out for a jog in my head. I think about that. <laughs> and I'm like saying the reindeers' names in my head. Uh, but that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It's nothing but good, good smiles when I watch that movie. And as cheesy as the ending is, that scene where they're where, they, where Arnold dresses up as Turbo Man. Oh, jeez, that was so fulfilling. Honestly, <laughs> I wish I was Turbo Man. I, I I'm Turbo Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> jingle all the way. <laughs> I no, need no. To fight my kid, Turbo Man. <laughs> hey, so um. You guys don't know this, but I actually have a Turbo Man action figure in its box. Oh no way! Like, like, um, like from from the movie movie, yeah. Oh, I remember as a kid. I remember seeing those because my dad uh showed me the movie as a kid. I always wanted one, and he told me there were one, but we never found one. <laughs> That's sick, though. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll I'll put a picture in the chat later, but um, yeah. Really good movie, top tier movie, if I do say so myself. Nah, I wouldn't say it's the best movie, but it's definitely very sentimental. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's that's what I'm trying to say. My bad. Yeah. Um, for me personally, yeah, sentimental. Uh, Up there for me for Christmas movies or just movies in general, a feel good movie, you know? Yeah, just straight up. Whenever you feel down or sad, just pop in, jingle all the way, and then just listen to Arnold's voice. Hmm. Sometimes when I close my eyes, I just like to think about Arnold going, Turbo Man! <laughs> I'm going to find my Turbo Man for my kid! The, the Turbo Man doll! <laughs> Fuck you, Sinbad! There's a bomb in there! Get down! Get down! Ah, poor baby! <laughs> Put the cookie down. Uh, my neighbor's gonna fuck my wife. Uh, you can't let that happen. Uh, I gotta be tur- I gotta get to become Turbo Man to go save my wife and kid. Uh, Turbo powers. Uh, I love Christmas. Uh, I love. I love. I love my. He has two. He has two. God. Okay. Well, I, think that's um, a, I think that's a good n- note to end it on. Um, yeah. Um, not entirely too sure what the next topic will be for the next podcast, but I, I have an idea. Oh, but but I mean, I can tell you after. But okay. Well, thank you for being a guest, and we'll have another podcast sometime soon. Any any last words, Mark? Or what? Any last words? 
Um, all right, that's the end of our podcast. Huh? <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for tuning in about our most rewatchable TV shows. Huh? Uh, and a little bit of uh, Kyle's most watchable movies. Huh? Uh, please tune back in. And uh, we'll be back with another episode of the Mark and Mark podcast. Huh? Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you or talk to you next time. Hasta la vista. Got a jingle all the way now. Throw man out.